Hey learners, and welcome to another edition of the Lessons in Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Anthony Pinto, and today is just going to be me. And I'm sure all of you are tired of hearing my voice by now, but uh, I wanted to talk about a topic that was a little near and dear to my heart because it was brought up to me by a good friend and college roommate, Kyle. Uh, Kyle is a Marine Corps officer stationed out in California. And, um, you know, we were talking about real estate investing and some other deals we had going on the other day. Um, kind of background on Kyle, he's a newlywed and he mentioned he wanted to buy a house to start a family. Uh, and, but the houses he was potentially looking at in California, as you can imagine, were you know, $700,000 and up and sometimes you know, much, much higher than that. And for you know an individual trying to buy a home for the first time, that can be a little daunting, owning a house that is $700,000, $800,000, you know, maybe even over a million dollars in value. And so he wanted to know how to overcome this fear of owning such a huge amount of debt. And it really kind of got me thinking when he asked me that question about, um, you know, how did I overcome that fear, right? And how do I think about debt? And I, and I kind of wanted to address that by uh, explaining the differences between good debt and bad debt. And um, really the reason why I wanted to bring this up and put it on a podcast rather than on a piece I teaches or, or wherever else is because I feel like this is a common topic for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people who get into analysis paralysis think about, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to buy this asset and it's going to be a huge amount of debt. And they get into a lot of fear regarding owning debt. And, you know, this podcast is for, first and foremost to provide information and to add value to individuals, you know, first time investors lives or, you know, experienced investors lives. And so I wanted to really kind of be, have this be a teaching moment to really explain good debt versus bad debt. So let's get into it. So when people normally think about or talk about their fears regarding debt, um, they envision thousands of, of credit of dollars in credit card debt, you know, credit creditors knocking at their door and their credit scores dropping, you know, quicker than the stock market did these past few weeks. And for many Americans, that is a very palpable and real fear. And uh, at the end of last year, Peggy and I had a very, very similar fear. And I'll tell you why. When Peggy and I first bought our triplex in March of 2019, it was supposedly a turnkey property, but it was anything but, and we had problems with it pretty much from the first month. And if you want to know all the details on it, you can check it out on our blog, the Rookie Real Estate blog, um, but I'm not going to really get into too much of the details here. But uh, long story short, within a few months, we had racked up about uh, $10,000 in credit card debt to cover a large number of unexpected repairs, including some termite damage and, uh, and tenant issues. Now, this was a huge hit both to my ego as a real estate investor, but also to our finances. And my thought was, you know, real estate investing is supposed to be about making you money, right? And not cost you money. And so suddenly we had this relatively large amount of debt. And those fearful questions started creeping up in the back of my head. You know, what if I can't pay it off? Now, how am I supposed to pay our other bills? You know, what if I take a credit hit? And really the biggest one was how are we going to pay this off? And so, you know, luckily we were able to batten down the hatches of our financial ship and, and hold bi-weekly budget meetings that we still have. And uh, through that, Peggy and I were able to completely pay off that debt by the end of last year. Uh, but many others are not so lucky. So why do I tell you this story? Um, really, I want to highlight the real-life impacts of owning bad debt. And, and, and more often, bad debt is, is attributed to credit cards, right, and credit card balances. 
And as much as credit cards have been a blessing to many people, um, you know, allowing them access to funds and experiences otherwise unattainable, um, you know, they are more often than not a financial scourge. And, um, you know, that w- I want to I want to address that first, because I want you to understand really what the difference between owning credit card debt, what's called $100,000 worth of credit card debt and owning $100,000 worth of a mortgage on a real estate property, right? A, a, a specifically an investment property. So from that kind of framework, let's kind of compare these two concepts of good debt versus bad debt and the idea of liabilities versus assets. So liabilities are essentially the uh, good services and properties that do not produce income for you. And most often than not, they are expenses and take money out of your pocket rather than putting it back in. So some good examples of this are, as we talked about, credit card balances, uh, boats, cars, and um, and most importantly, your primary home. And you think about it this way. Ultimately, who is getting rich? Is it you or is it the debt holder? And more often than not, when you're talking liabilities, it is the debt holder. Now, assets, on the other hand, are investments that allow your money to grow in value or they provide some sort of long-term income. Now, examples of this could be cars you use for business, uh, private lending to others, and you guessed it, investment properties. So, for example, if you are a Uber or a Lyft driver, you're using your car as an asset because it is providing you income by directly chauffeuring people around and they pay you for that, right? Uh, If you are house hacking a small multifamily property, your home is an asset, right? And in that framework, I want to use that to discuss, you know, how we view good debt versus bad debt in terms of owning property. So let's say that you decide to buy a $700,000 home and in California or wherever, and you pay a 20% down payment, which is pretty standard for a residential property. And now you receive a $560,000 loan to purchase that house. So who is ultimately responsible for paying off or paying down that mortgage every month? And really it is you, you as a property owner, you as a loan guarantor. And, you know, that is money out of your pocket to just own that property, right? To own that real estate. So let's say that you decide to buy that and you make it your primary residence and you live there with your family. Now it is a, a liability, right? And it, although it may appreciate in value, sure, but it may also depreciate in value. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter because much like the stock market, that money is not in your pocket until you decide to sell the home or refinance, right? Now let's think of this on a, a, from a different kind of a viewpoint. You know, that house is your $700,000 liability, right? And yes, we, need, we all need somewhere to live, sure. You know, I, when we eventually move back to, America. We'll, you know, we'll buy a house, we'll live in it, right? We'll eventually pay it down and pay off the mortgage and stuff and we'll own it right out, right? And I'll go from being a liability to an asset. But in the short term, if you hold that mortgage for, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, 30 years even, right? And you just pay the minimum payments, that is a liability until you completely pay it off. Now, on the other hand, let's say that you decide to use that $700,000 and buy a 10 unit apartment building instead. Now, after the 25% uh, down payment, which is typical for investment properties, you receive a loan for $525,000. So who is going to pay that mortgage? Again, you are. But the biggest and the huge difference is is that really your tenants are paying your mortgage in the form of their rent coming to you every month. 
And on top of that, you have access and you have bought a, a cash flowing property rather than a property solely um, you know, bought for appreciation, right? And you get money back in your pocket now because of that. And then there's additional benefits of using other people's money, depreciation, long-term generational wealth, and so on and so forth. So that, in essence, is an asset, right? It is good debt, right, that is providing you, it is not only covering itself by paying the mortgage through rental income, but it's also putting money back in your pocket, which is the very essence of, of good debt, right? So I will conclude with this. Um, the ability to leverage debt in America and across the world provides a savvy investor incredible opportunities to own physical pieces of American real estate. So you can buy a million dollar apartment building for $250,000 down. And that is a power of good debt and buying assets rather than liabilities, right? And you're not going to necessarily see that, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to leverage money to buy stocks, right? It's, it just doesn't happen like that. But with real estate, it is much different, right? We view real estate in a much different light as a asset if it's investment property versus a liability. So if you don't take anything else from this show, understand that good debt equals assets, right? And bad debt equals liabilities. And to go overcome that fear, you really have to understand what that asset is doing for you, right? Is it putting money back in your pocket, right? Are you able to cover the debt service uh, over a certain amount of time or the mortgage over a certain amount of time, right? And especially in this, you know, this time that we're in right now with with um, the health crisis we have going on with the coronavirus, it is ever, you know, it's evidently more important to me that you need to have good reserves set aside to be able to service your debt, right? To be able to cover the mortgage if your renters are not able to pay for a month, you know, two months, four months down the line, right? It, is, it, is, it will become very imperative to have those reserves set aside, right? So I'll get off my soapbox uh, now. I hope that you have kind of learned to deal with overcoming this fear of owning large amounts of property, right, in the form of rental real estate or investment properties. And, um, you know, you want to reach out to me, uh, you know, through social media, so Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, you can reach me on my email or my cell phone number, however you want to do it, and, and talk to me about what you know, good debt means to you, right? And, and how you overcame your fear, right? Or how you are still kind of living with this fear and, and additional questions I can kind of answer for you, please. I am happy to answer whatever questions you want. So um, with that, I hope you have enjoyed this episode and I'll catch you next time on the Lessons in Real Estate Show.